Welcome. You've turned into Rockstar Millennial Spotlight, featuring Catherine Spitznagel, professional coach, speaker, and author of the book, Rockstar Millennials, Developing the Next Generation of Leaders. On this show, we'll feature millennials who represent this high-energy, creative, and entrepreneurial generation, and spotlight Rockstar Millennials who are living their purpose, helping others, and making a difference right where they are. Please join me in welcoming our host, Catherine Spitznagel. Hi, and welcome to Rockstar Millennial Podcast. This is Catherine Spitznagel, your host, and today we are honored to have Miss Elodie Habert with us. Elodie, welcome. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And Elodie has just a fun, uh, fun story for us today. Uh, she owns a company called Coco Rico Cuisine. So tell us about that, Elodie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Cocorico Cuisine, just for the fun fact, Cocorico is the sound of the rooster, but in French. So in America, we say Cocodoodle-Doo. In France, we say Cocorico. And as the rooster is one of the French emblems, um, we thought it would be a fun name for our company. Oh, <laughs> oh how fun. So tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Now, you're from France and uh, living in Nashville now. So tell us about that journey. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, such a great journey. I moved to Nashville uh, five years ago, um, thanks to my husband's work assignment. And so we kind of stayed in Nashville by accident without knowing really anything about the city or even the state of Tennessee. Um, and it's been such a great experience so far. Um, so when I arrived, I... My English was not very good, so I had to take um, some classes. Uh, I met very good friends, and I also wanted to better understand the local community, so I started to volunteer in different places, um, local libraries, local nonprofits, just to, you know, uh, again, practice English, but also make interesting connections uh, and just better understand the American culture. Um, and then, yeah, after a few months, I was chatting with a friend and we were just looking for good French baguettes. You know, sometimes you're homesick and you just want a little bit of something from your hometown or your country. Um, and we couldn't really find, um, any. So we decided to make them. Um, like I was telling you, Catherine, our first reactions were terrible, but we started, <laughs> you know. And then started to sell at farmers markets once a month and just having fun meeting meeting customers. Right. And so you started out making those baguettes in your kitchen, right? Because you were hungry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You were hungry for a taste of home. I love that. I love that that was the exactly. genesis of this business. <laughs> and you couldn't find you couldn't find them what really tasted like home to you. Exactly. So you started yeah. this. And then you found that other people liked it too. Yeah, and yes. so really quickly, um, we had different customers asking for more products, um, different kind of products like treats and just savory meals, um, like other options, you know, a little bit more friends of diversity, I would say. Um, and so we just started to experiment in our kitchens and just bring more and more products um, until, so I was at a, in a partnership at the time with my friend Barry. And um, she had to make a very difficult decision to leave the country to go to Canada. And so we had to decide what to do with this baby company, either close it 
not really much to sell at the time, to be honest. <laughs> or just like running it full time. And, and I just got excited and I jumped into it, you know, and now I'm full time. It's been three years. I have nice. six employees and we run four markets per week every week and it's a lot of fun. And now you're in sort of a maker space where different chefs share kitchens. Is that right? Tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we got lucky to find citizen kitchens. It's basically like a co-working space for, for chefs. Mm-hmm. So you have about 100 companies scheduling time and equipment to just work together in the same space. It's a very good opportunity to start a business at a local. Um, so you don't have to buy all of this equipment. You don't have to buy a property. You can just show up, clock in, clock out, and just you know do what you have to do. Um, and it's been a tremendous help for our company, for sure. Yes. So tell us about your, your product line. It kept expanding. You kept listening to your customers. And you talked to me about yeah, that. Yeah, we tried we to. So like the challenge for us is to find a balance between listening our customers, obviously, mm-hmm. but also like keep it authentic with French. Mm-hmm. And that's been really interesting because I feel like there is sometimes a misconception on what is French food. Um and it doesn't have to be fancy, it doesn't have to be expensive. It could be just simple with a few ingredients and like fresh local products. And that's what we try to bring to Nashville. We're not trying to open a fancy restaurant, but more like a, a little bakery when you would get, you know, your sandwich, your slice of cake and your dessert for lunch. Um, so yeah, we've stopped with French baguettes. Uh, we bake every morning French baguettes from scratch. It's a lot of work and it's really like our core staple, I would, staple, I would say. Um, we make sandwiches out of our baguettes. Those are like the most popular items we have. And then, uh, you know, we bake French chocolate cakes. We have salted butter caramel. We have a good cheese spread. We make in house, uh, a seasoning blend. We do, we do bread bourguignon sometimes or different kind of soups. Uh, I mean, definitely like chatting with my mom and just, you know, mm-hmm. digging into a like family book recipes and just, Mm-hmm. Try to bring something different that you cannot find anywhere else in Nashville. Right. But you keep it authentic. And that's one of the things that you're known for, is that it's authentic French mm-hmm. uh, food. And and I got a kick out of you when we were talking about this, that you, sometimes people want to Americanize it. and um, Yeah, we've talked about that together. Yes. You're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Do you know they advise you that you could add some mayonnaise or mustard or just do it differently? But I think even if it's hard sometimes, say no uh that's also what makes us different Mm -hmm. uh and successful in a way because we're not doing what everybody else is doing we're just trying to provide a real french authentic experience and some people don't like that and that's okay with us they're probably not our ideal customers you know you cannot please everybody but i feel like sticking with this line of being authentic is definitely something that makes us really different here in Nashville. Mm -hmm. Makes you unique. And it's obviously working because you just keep growing and you're doing more and more uh, (laughs) farmer's markets and um, bigger bigger customer base and a broader product line. So that's all good in three years. That's a lot. So tell me, this is a busy life. Um, You have long days. You start early in the mornings, right? Because you're baking Mm -hmm. French bread every day. Um, and so how do you, how do you blend the work and the non-work lives? How do you do that? 
Yeah, I, this is a very good question, Catherine. <laughs> Thank you for asking. I probably don't have a perfect answer yet because I'm still figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's more a question of balancing versus finding a balance. Because I don't mm. feel like you really find a balance in life, but being able to to balance out and just, you know, it's, it's a constant readjustment, I would say, because mm-hmm. you have to remind yourself that if you're not doing well, or you're not going well, mm-hmm. then it's really hard to be like a good wife for your husband or a good like boss for your employees. So I think uh, putting yourself first sometimes is necessary just to make sure, you know, you can take care of yourself and then you can take care of others around you and making sure you do it the right way. Um, so yeah, I remember we, we chatted just a few minutes before and I was telling you that I started this year, um, wellness checklist. Yes. I, I um, love that. Tell us about that. It's been three months and I'm still sticking with it. I really Good. enjoy it. It's basically a checklist that everything I have to do every week to not forget about myself and my well being. Um, so it includes a daily 10 minute meditation, um, to, um, session of gym or sports, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. either a walk or like a hot yoga class or just a run. Um, it includes like having a coffee with a friend. Yes. And that's a really important piece because as business owners, we're always busy and it's pretty hard to find time for others. But sometimes it just feels good to sit down for an hour and chat about something else in business. So I needed that. So it's yes. on my checklist. Um, having a date with my husband, making sure I have time for that. And also uh, having a friend project going on, not work-related. Can be gardening, can be like, I don't know, repainting a bathroom, finding a cool mirror for the bedroom, you know. It can be something really simple. But just working on something else on business sometimes gets like a brain a break, you know, Mm -hmm. and just refresh me a little bit and also make sure I don't work crazy hours so I really try to limit myself and be out of my office by 5.30 to working on this piece. This is not really happening but I think it's a goal I try to reach um, mm-hmm. and so yeah I have a little note on my fridge and every week I'm just checking my boxes to make sure everything is checked properly um, and it's been, it's been really fun. Well and I love that you're so intentional about it that you made your checklist and you check your boxes and you check it every week. And um, that just tells me that your self-care is a priority and, and it's part of your creativity and it's part of your happy life here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also part of being a happy boss. And we talked about that too. You wanted to be a different kind of a, a boss and a different kind of a chef because you've seen um, – other restaurants where maybe it wasn't so nice to work. So tell us about that. Tell us about your um, your thinking when it comes to leadership. I really love what you say about the industry because, yes, I feel like I'm part of the new generation, mm-hmm. but I can see in this kitchen working with like other companies with a more kind of old-style management. Right. Um, and... Also, because I'm not from the industry, and I think this is a curse and a blessing, but it can be a blessing in a way that I can bring something different. Mm-hmm. That's what every company, you know, um, does do. Um, but yeah, definitely like caring for each other, working as a team, communication, 
and being reliable and accountable or like some of the core values of Cocorico. And every time we hire a new team member, that's what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. More than looking for skills, we're looking for people with the same vibe and people who are going to fit in our culture because you can train people to learn new skills. Everybody can learn new skills. It's really hard to train people in company culture and just mindset. So that's definitely something I've tried through my leadership to just communicate with the team that this is this is like the non-negotiable. That's what we need yes. here to be successful. That's how we need Coco to grow and for everybody to feel welcome and just, you know, comfortable to work all together. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, we need more leaders like you. So good on you. Good on you <laughs> for doing that. <laughs> Thank you. So, and you know, it's not, it's not easy to be a good leader. And I feel like this is a lifelong process mm-hmm. and we are all learning along the way and making mistakes and failure and just learn and just, you know, try to go back on track. Um, I started to manage a team. I was 22 years old and I made a lot of mistakes. Uh, and it was really hard and painful sometimes, but I feel like I've learned a lot from that. And now I know what I don't want to do when I, how I don't want to behave with uh, my team so they can, you know, stick with us in the long run, do their best job and just be happy with it. Right. All of that. So tell us about living your purpose. You're very purposeful um, in your self-care. You're very purposeful in your authentic um, baking. You're very purposeful in your leadership. Tell us how you're living that purpose every day. Well, that's a very good question. Um, I feel like because I'm French and because I live in a foreign country and because of what I do, one of the main purposes I try to stick with is authenticity. And it's hard. It's not easy every day. And, you know, like now I sometimes joke with my husband, but we speak Franglish at home. So it's oh. not consistent English. <laughs> it's not consistent French. We understand each other, but it's kind of this weird language where you try to deal with two different cultures, mm-hmm. but not forget like your, you know, your home culture. Right. Um, but yeah, I think authenticity is definitely a purpose in life and just, just being different. Um, that makes me feel good and makes me feel a little bit special, you know, in this city where uh, when I started, nobody would know what I was doing or who I was. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think this is really something we try to cultivate at the same time being, you know, like better understand where we live and better understand the people, but also like still being French inside us. Mm-hmm. That's what we try to do. That's my purpose. That's nice. <laughs> and bringing, um, bringing France here. I think that was another thing that we talked about was sharing your culture mm-hmm. and how important that was for you to have other people understand. Yeah, you're totally right. And I feel like from a cultural standpoint, food is just a big part of the French mm-hmm. culture. I mean, if you've been to France, you know that yes. that's what we're doing. We're eating as much as we can, as long as we can. <laughs> we take all of our meals fitted. Um, and it's more than feeding ourselves. It's really like a social time. And that's also what I try to, like, try to transmit to my people, mm-hmm. my employees, but also our customers. It's just like, yeah, just enjoy this baguette. Sit down, take the time, share with somebody you love, and just enjoy the moment. This is really what we try to provide also, like, happiness, social time, besides just feeding people. Besides just feeding, yes. So, and you may have just answered that. Um, where where are you making a difference? <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, connections. I think it's all about mm-hmm. 
being social and connections. And I think food is such a good excuse to make connections. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we sell most of our products at farmers markets right now, and it's such a great way to connect with our customers. Um, they just come and they go from a booth to another booth, talk to people, build relationships. You know, we know them per name, and then we know the their story, and we know their favorite products and how they like their baguettes, and that's also why they like coming to us because they're making connections, they're creating relationships with other people, mm-hmm. and they learn a little bit more about our French culture too, which is pretty fun. Which is fun, yeah. And that's and I met you over lunch, which is just fun. <laughs> you know, when we right? as I got exactly. to know you better, yes. and you're like, this is, you know, this is my purpose. <laughs> Yes. So you have done so much uh, in a couple of years, going to a foreign country, learning a foreign language, um, starting your business, growing your business. What is next? What's next for you? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, two things, probably from a pure business standpoint, our goal right now is to open a brick and mortar. Mm-hmm. So we bring, to bring more people like and more happiness to people every day and <laughs> where they could find us and just enjoy our products. So that's going to be our next move for 2022. Um, more generally, I feel like giving back has been something I really want to spend more time on. Um, I, I'm the administrator for NABO National, which is uh, the National Association of Women Business Owners for five years now. And that's also why I started my business because I was around all of these ama- amazing women and you're part of business for two, so you know how that works. Yes. Um, and I was just so inspired and I was like, oh my gosh, I want to do that too. I want to be part of this community and being the administrator for this, the national chapter also like allowed me to connect people to each other and just help them grow by bringing speakers to talk every month to learn something and, you know, just make, Women business owners feel like they're not alone and they can work together instead of right. compete with each other. Um, that's really something I want to put more energy uh, towards, towards the, in the next couple of years. Yeah. Yes. And open your brick and mortar, which I can't wait to see. Yeah. <laughs> and open my brick and mortar. <laughs> yes. So tell me, what encouragement do you have for other millennials? Yes. That was my favorite question. Um, <laughs> I'm ready for that. So <laughs> I... I mean, it's really interesting because I see also business from a French perspective and from an American perspective. Mm-hmm. And I feel like what is so powerful in the U.S. is like people don't are not afraid to fail and yes. learn from that. And in France, like when you want to start a business, it takes you three to six months. You have so many paperwork to do. You have to have everything together, making sure that there's no place for failure. You cannot try. You have to succeed. In the U.S., you can try, you can fail, and you can try again mm-hmm. until you succeed. And that was a powerful um, message for me when I started my business because I was really scared of starting something, but I was really supported and people were just, you know, really encouraging. And they were like, and if you fail, so what? So what? Mm-hmm. So I would say, yeah, so I would say my main message would be just if you have a good idea if you feel like you have a good idea and you want to try something just do it mm-hmm. find the right network find the people who are going to believe in you and just just do it and you'll see how amazing it's going to turn out and even if it's not exactly what you had in mind 
you're gonna learn something and you know you're gonna make adjustments and just go from there but yeah I feel like putting aside the fear of failure mm-hmm. is such a gift when you're a business owner yes and you have that gift and thank you thank you for sharing I don't it know with us. I'm working on it <laughs> you're <laughs> working you. on it well thank you Elodie thank you for joining us today thank you for sharing your gifts um as well as your baguettes. Uh, we love all of that. <laughs> and um, your knowledge and your purpose uh, with us. We're so glad to have you today. And thanks Thank to all you of so you. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. Oh, good. Um, and thanks to our listeners. Uh, thanks for tuning in to Rockstar Millennials. You can join us on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. You can also go to my website, rockstarmillennials.com. Don't miss a podcast. Be sure and sign up. And until next time, we'll talk soon. Share your thoughts about this episode, subscribe to future podcasts, submit a discussion topic, or shine a light on a rock star millennial in your world. Contact Catherine Spitznagel at rockstarmillennials.com and click on Contact Us. Contact Us.